I'm Sam. I'm Adam. And you're listening to episode something of the PM Metal Guide podcast. We're on step five Woo! of the Opethesy. Uh, We're talking about the greatest metal album of the past 20 years, which <gasps> turns 20 on tomorrow. Tomorrow? We're recording this. Well, even when it's released as well, um, it'll be 20 years old. So, Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. We didn't plan that at all, actually. Fun fact. It was actually a surprise to us. I could have sworn it was a, uh, it was an autumn release because nope. like it really does sound like an autumn record. Oh yeah, but but regardless, alas, before that, we're gonna talk about what we've been listening to this past week. Sam, what have you been listening to? Uh, basically no music. You're but what I have listened to, I don't know. Let's talk about this Architects record because oh it sucks shit. Oh my god. Um. Of course, the brand new Architects record, um, for those that wish to exist, came out uh, earlier in February, and uh, we had planned on either talking about it in some form or fashion, or we we really didn't know what we were going to do with it, but I think we both listened to it now, and yeah, man, this record is just... It's horrible. It's, it's so bad. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. Yeah, yeah. like, I mean... What what's the old like me- metal meme career arc where you start off really heavy, you have a commercial breakthrough, you start to like slowly, I don't know, give up on your core sound, and then eventually you just release a pop rock record, <laughs> yeah. and this is their pop rock record. It's just so, uh, it's so abrasive on the it, it it's abrasive in the worst way. Like the sa- the sound quality of all these tracks are just horrible. They're oh so my god, dude. pushed brick wall to high heaven. You can't hear anything. Like Sam's a super talented vocalist, but listening to these songs, you'd never know that because no. you know every clean is just auto tuned, like eighteen layers. The guitars sound like shit. The drums sound like shit. You can't hear anything over just how goddamn loud the mix is, mm-hmm. and it's so formulaic. Every song is the same. You you yeah. literally can listen to this record and you wouldn't be able to tell which song is which. You really couldn't. I I. I I don't think there's one song that I could pick out that I enjoyed or that sounded different. Except for the intro fucking one minute bullshit track with the industrial fucking soundscape. Like, no, th- this this record sucks. Fuck you, Architects. <laughs> well dude i mean it's kind of like don't get me wrong we've ever been huge fans of architects and it's kind of funny because we're definitely gent kids and everyone in the gent scene loves architects but like those first few architects records kind of slap no they're very they're pretty heavy and they help bring the scene to what it is today so yeah no totally like metalcore and gent just go really well together even um, even they... holy hell their last record was like I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, okay, you know what? This is modern, like, gent, and people like it. Didn't it get... It got nominated for a bunch of fucking awards, which... Yeah, no, it has a, hard, it has a high RIM score. Yeah, like, like, people, like... People love that record. Yeah, like, it's not a it's And, not like, a bad... it sucks. I think, I think Doomsday is, like, literally one of the worst songs I've ever heard. It's... Like, I'm sorry. It's... But, anywho, this, this record... Like, for those that wish to exist is, like, worse in literally every way. It sounds like, I don't know, the the band heard Bring Me the Horizons new sound once, and they were like, yo, what if we copy that but suck at it? And then yeah. dabbed and nay their way I mean, into releasing a bad record. Obviously, 
the Architects fans are going to eat this one up. Um, I'm sorry. There's so much better music to listen to. We can find it. We might have to create a charity to share better music uh, than this because honestly, the people who like this record probably have some. Um, some they need some help. It's going to be like literally our most popular podcast just because it's about Blackwater Park. And we started off just shitting on one of the biggest bands in modern metal. Well, that's okay because that we can do that. We can have an This just my opinion. You know that, right? Um, y'all know this is just my yeah, y'all opinion. Y'all know this right? is just my opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, Fantano gave it a knock good and it blew up on scene Twitter. Just. I'm pretty sure Ollie Sykes was like, yo, dude, what the heck? If you like this record, I'm happy for you. But I would implore you to potentially check out some other music. Maybe stuff we'll talk about in this episode. Including I gotta go to my thing. Um, hey! That new Kralis album? <laughs> Holy heck. Now, now, we don't want to talk about good music. Yeah, no, um, of course, Demonic Wealth came out uh, last week to everyone's surprise. Um, and uh, Yeah, in true Kralis fashion, they literally were just like, oh yeah, here's 45 minutes of Kralis <laughs> album. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> turns out, they do it again. <laughs> but they, Lo they... and behold, Colin Marston, the lads, they did it. They pulled through. And, and it's another new sound, because they have to reinvent themselves with literally every record they do. Um, yeah, this record is definitely one of their more straightforward releases. I mean, for Kralis, that means nothing. But it sounds like it's their take on, like, an old-school atmospheric black metal record. And it's wonderful. Like, the production's a lot more spacious than their previous stuff. Apparently, like, in the linear, in the liner notes, it says, uh, you know, the drums were recorded in a, sw- um, in a swamp or something. I don't know. The, um... I know you didn't listen to the Golden Ashes record from last year, which you absolutely still should, um, but this has the very same production aesthetic that that record yeah. does, where it's like, the 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 space is, a no, is just noise in itself, right? Like, it's not, like, actual noise, but because every the reverb and everything is so buzzy and, you know, just occupies all the space, it really still feels full while at the same mm-hmm. time being um, kind of gross and Not super... I, I just I think it's funny how Kralis can literally just, like, shitpost albums out of nowhere, and they're just, the like, the best black metal records of the year every year they do it. Yeah. Like, when was the last time Kralis missed? I don't think they have. No, I, I can't say. Um, I mean, this is certainly a, one of my favorites of the year already. I mean, there's just so... At least for me, you know, I didn't... I didn't exactly like Masks Texas to the 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 extent that some people did, um, but this record, I don't know. I, I I think it's great. I've listened to it multiple times already, and I'm just like I'm I'm floored every time I hear it. Oh yeah, totally. It definitely has that like really wonderful avant-garde quality where every time you listen to it, you not only want to hear it more, but you want to you know find all those little intricacies like with Ulcerate. Or, yeah, look at that. You know, look at piano. that RYM score. Look at it. They, they don't yeah. drop below a three point two five, which is insane. It's funny because it's funny that Loam's the three point two five because that's my favorite Kralis record. Right. But yeah, I <laughs> but, mean, uh, I, yeah. I don't know. It. I feels kind of bad that like. 
every every time we we find a new like album that's universally beloved by you know the brooklyn hipster elite class of music critics we're like yeah it's pretty good but uh it's Kralis, man. They don't miss. Yep. This, this record's incredible. It'll be somewhere in our year-end list, probably. Oh, certainly. I, I, I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that it will be. <sighs> um, uh, speaking of other records that are should be on our year-ends list, um, no, I'm just kidding. American football. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, a friend who me and Adam both know from high school, who was never really into music. Is don't now super don't even don't even tell me that and like emo oh and Midwest my emo. god and i've been hanging out with them at school and every time uh, i see them they're like yo let's throw on some american Bro, football. american football jesus christ so i've been listening to a lot of american football not a bad thing but uh <laughs> certainly an interesting thing all these years later yeah, oh, there's funny. not too much to be said about them. I'm not. It's it's literally the template for every piece of emo influenced music you've heard for the past twenty years. Yeah. So. But uh, speaking of that, you listen to the Dreamwell record? Uh, no, but I heard you listening to it. Um, I actually I didn't know. I I don't know what this is. Please explain to me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. Let me just find out where they're from, real quick. Mm-hmm. So, Dreamwell, oh, came up with a board game. Lol. Dreamwell are, uh, are, okay, I'm just trying to find some basic instruments. No, you're fine. So, are they on Metalum? Are they a metal band? Oh, they're from New England. They're from, so they're a Providence okay. um, emo post-hardcore band with a healthy dosage of post-rock. Think like Touche Amore, except with more clean spoken word sections and a lot more like in very cathartic climaxes. If you've heard any brand of post-Orchid, post-hardcore, you kind of know what you're in for. Mm -hmm. Um, But these guys, like honestly, what artists that remind me of more than anything else is Caspian. Mm -hmm. Like they have those really drawn out like you know, post-rock things that you do with the tom like doing a melody while the, the guitars just get shoegazier and shoegazier right. and then on top of that you get the emo like i was never loved but yet or something and it's all delivered in that one vocal yeah. style i will say i cringed a little bit at some of the more direct lyrics on here but i mean i don't know it's pretty good for what it is right now it's like a 3.7 on rym wow. for whatever reason i'll check it out yeah no i mean i you'll probably be like this isn't bad, but... <laughs> Not exactly <laughs> no. my cup of tea. No, it's really good, though. Um, it's pretty good. All pretty right. good. All right. Definitely, uh, definitely like, the post-art school type of, of uh, sure. screamo. Okay. Like, all the lyrics are like, The sky was red, and I was in a pastoral haze of yesterday's memories. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. But it's good. And there's a reason why it's really high on RYM's charts right now makes sense people like good music and rate mu- good music highly so yeah it's probably at least it's got at least some value um unlike actually i feel i, I don't even know if you listen to any bad music this week i didn't listen to any other than architects music. yeah other than tally hall unrelated unrelated not 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 subject i'm not a big fan but a lot of people like that that music actually is rated pretty high on our way in. Um, I think I think that record has a like a three point six, but anyway, good music, as in 
the new Flesh of the Stars release that is currently disputed as an LP and an EP across um, sources, uh, Mirror Vessels, which came out on Friday independently. Um, I fucking love this album. I think it's Flesh of the Stars at their prime. Um, I I re-listened to Mercy as well a couple of times, and I like this album a little bit more. I really like um, the sort of... I mean, well, if you don't know who Flesh of the Stars are, they're a very interesting doom metal band that utilizes um, electronics, very spacious production, um, and uh, intense use of melody to make really wonderful music. Um, and, uh, but Adam, there are two digital remixes on this Well, album. now, hold on. I would agree. However, they serve as the... End- so... So the way the record is set up is you have Mirror as the first song. Then you have the electronic realization of Mirror as the second track. Then you have the sinking, quote-unquote, realization of Vessels as the third track. Excuse me. And then you have Vessels as the final track. So the uh, the um, the realizations serve as like an outro and an intro track for the two tracks. Like They, they do flow into the other. Like, I, at least I interpret it as you need to listen to them. They're, they're a part of the track. And they, they do and have the same melodies and all that blah, blah, blah bullshit that you do mm-hmm. when you do something like that. Um, so if you just take it, sort of looking at it like a 15-minute track and a 15-minute track, which is, I think, the way you're supposed to look at it, then, like, I don't know, this record doesn't miss. Both of these songs, Mirror and Vessels, are amazing, you know, takes on the band's sound that, you know, they've mastered up to their 10-year career at this point. Um, Dang. They're just, yeah, they're really awesome. It's also, you know, it's heavy, but it's not too, too heavy. Um, if you're at all familiar with the group, you the, their sound, it feels like a live recording of the sound, always. Um, but it's very nice. And fun fact, you know who produced this album? Who? Godspeed you, Black Emperor producer, Silver Mount Zion producer, and Big Brave producer. Nandesuka? Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. God, new Godspeed album. Gosh, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Um, but yes, that this record sounds great. The melodies are super sticky. It's funny. At one point, the vocalist, he um, he goes into his like super high falsetto. And oh, man, does he sound like Chris Martin from Coldplay. (laughs) It's like, it's identical. Uh, I'm just, I'm like, I'm literally listening to like, no, literally. (laughs) It's really funny. Um, I was taken aback, but all the impress, all the performances are super impressive. Everything's super heavy. This album's awesome. Just check it out. Um, Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's a glowing review. Well, I did also write a review about it, which you can check out on the website right now. Fair enough. What about what else, Sam? What what else you got? Let's see. Listen to the Deaf Heaven live album because I was doing some video editing yesterday, mm-hmm. and holy heck, dude, that live album's so good. <laughs> I've listened to it once. I gotta listen to it again. I, I was gonna listen to it last night, but um, I, I neglected to. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just dude, like Deaf Heaven are a great live band, and I feel like, excuse me, one second. 
I feel like their live show really captures something that the records can't because it's a lot more visceral. It's a lot more shoegazy. It's a lot more yeah. chaotic. And their songs always build to these ludicrous, like, post-rock so- uh, explosions in the sky climaxes. Mm-hmm. And this uh, live recording really captures that. Uh, George sounds on fleek. You, there are a lot of, like, really subtle, like, imperfections that really add to the music. And for a lot of people that complain about, um, I guess the the sterility of their studio records this sounds very alive very organic yeah funnily enough i was wearing my sunbather t-shirt yesterday Mm -hmm. walking around campus and a random person was like hey nice sunbather shirt dude that's the first time that's ever happened to me on campus interesting intriguing well so i guess stuff having her just the biggest black metal band ever yep i would agree with that also, a little bit of an aside on this Cult of Luna EP, because I listened to that again, mm-hmm. too. And, wow, it really is just the most Cult of Luna, Cult of Luna that ever Cult of Luna. Yes. It <laughs> doesn't like, mean it's not good, but, yes, it is absolutely full Cult of Luna. <laughs> they're just like, yo, what if we do exactly what we've done for the past 15 years, <laughs> but on this EP? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I can agree that um uh, i think that's honestly all i have for music uh drake's new like three song mixtape ep whatever you want to call it holy heck what's next is like the best pop rap banger of his career i've been getting hyped every morning to it Jesus Christ. i'm it's really it's really fun it's dude it's great it's really good okay all right i will i will peep um uh there's a- what are you were you excited for the new shushu record Am I excited for the new Shushu record? Of course I'm excited for the new Shushu Dude, I had a dream about Shushu, actually, that I think would be funny to tell here. Jamie Stewart? Tell tell away, tell away. So, I was was living... For whatever reason, it was the year 2003, and Jamie Stewart was recording A Promise, right? Which, I keep in mind, I don't like Shushu at all. I've listened to basically Jamie's entire discography, and not once have I been like, yeah, this is good. I love Shushu for the record. I know so you do. That's, why, that's why I'm bringing yes. it up. Bring it, but please, so we were in up. my New England household, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I was like my age now in like my three year old body, except and it was it was it was really coked out. But we had turned my bedroom, uh, by we I mean me, my dad, Kurt Ballou, Nate Duke. Newton, Aaron Turner, <laughs> and Steve Albini. <laughs> had had turned my my childhood bedroom into like a full recording studio and we're just recording songs from the promise except in full like sludge slash noise rock mode and it was a it was absurd it was nuts i couldn't even explain what was happening sam that's a sign you understand that that's like that's a call from god telling you what to do okay <laughs> no, dude, i am literally i am was li- i'm literally like a messiah this is the future. We're going to be recording a Shushu record with Kurt Ballou and like everyone from <laughs> the mass metalcore scene. Jesus it was nuts. Christ. It was nuts. And then it's funny because like the, there were literally like I actually funnily enough, I know a promise pretty well. And all the songs they're recording were like really cool sludge versions of it. So like I don't, I don't even like Sad Pony, Pony Gorilla Girl. But the oh. sludge version, in the, <laughs> the sludge version was, bangs, <laughs> dude. It kind of slapped. So I don't know. Maybe that's just a sign from God, and we need to cover a promise, except make oh, it metal. 
Oh my god. I think it is a sign from God. But anyway. <laughs> no, this is immortalized on the internet. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. You know it's coming, okay? Get pumped. Jesus Get pumped Christ. for PM Metal Guide covers. <laughs> uh, a promise. Oh my goodness. All right, I'm um, sorry. That was definitely a tangent. What no, you, that's what a good tangent. That's funny. That's a, that's a good story. Um, all right, there's just a few more records I want to talk about. Um, uh, first of all, I I sent this record to you, but I think you, I think you might have skipped it in your in your in your in your thing. It's okay. There's a there's a band disposal. Is, yes, disposal. Um, they're, Look, you sent me a lot of records. Bro. Yeah, I know. They're 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 a death metal band. Um, I don't know exactly from where, and I should, so I'm gonna look it up. But a Floridian death metal band, <laughs> call me crazy. They are from Minnesota. Um, however, they're unique. The the thing that makes Disposal unique um, is that the music, at least in its primary form, uh, does not have a vocalist. In place, really? uh, there is, in fact, a garbage disposal that serves <laughs> as the vocalist for uh, the group. So there are it's a it's a it's a four song EP, um, and you can there are two there are two versions of it. There's the real version, and then uh, I'm gonna I want to look up what it uh, it says. Um, the Bandcamp has uh, it's very colorful. Let me try and locate it here um the yeah so oh no is that the wrong record that is the wrong record that's another record that we talked about before but not what i want uh there it is disposal so yeah like i said four song ep um this i'm just gonna read the Bandcamp description death metal as god intended it sounds like garbage literally <laughs> um Disposal is all about dumb fucking ideas. Take some dumb fucking HM2 riffs and throw an actual garbage disposal over the top for vocals and you've got yourself a recipe for success. You'll feel your brain getting smoother and your knuckles chafing as you listen to this. <laughs> eat your heart out. I love how they recorded it with an HM2. <laughs> eat, eat your heart out, Gorgrind. Also includes versions with a human vocalist if you're a fucking coward. So... Check out this disposal record. Uh, I think it's Dude, okay. If you, had, if you had just sent me that pitch, I would have listened to it immediately. <laughs> well, I didn't want to spoil it. I wanted you to look at it and, and see it for all its glory. Now you got to hear it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's about as entertaining as, <laughs> as you can expect. <laughs> because, it, like, it, Where'd it's, you find this? Dude, it's, uh, I, it, the ads, dude. Someone, someone reported on it. I think it might have been um, Toilet of Hell or uh, or No Clean Singing. I don't remember. But someone did. So that one exists. Um, another well, record. I'd... I feel like my life has been made strictly yes. better. Yeah, it, sh it, sh it should now that you have this at your uh, disposal. Um, there's a couple more records that I've been peeping because I actually listen to a lot of music this week. Um, there's a French melodic and industrial black metal band uh, entitled Soul Draconi Septum, who just dropped their debut, Hyperion. Uh, and it's a band about the Hyperion Cantos uh, fucking sci-fi novels. I've never read them, but I have listened to this record a couple of times. And I will say, this album is extremely fucking unique. Um, it is... 
it's it's kind of like if you made black metal with like only synths and synthesizers and saxophone, but like there's certainly classic black metal in here. Um, it's very mid-paced, very epic, um, sort of like uh, like I don't know, some like epic black metal, um, like Keys of Orthanc and stuff like that. Um, it's okay. Um, I would listen to it again. It's growing on me, but the record uh, uses a lot of really weird songwriting techniques and uh, weird instrumentation. Um, it's it's kind of weird. It's better if you just listen to it, but know that it's a trip, certainly. And then finally, um, I think I only have one more thing I want to talk about. There's um there's a record called um. Salamander by a progressive uh, slash melodic doom metal band uh, by the name of Murnau, who have dropped their second record uh, um, after last <sighs> year. And it's uh, it's sort of a mix between like hard rocking doom metal and like long form post sludge. Like half the tracks are like three, four minutes and are just kind of like classic doom metal tracks. And they're really good, um, kind of lo-fi, but then you get the longer tracks like Soliloquy and Answers, which is like 12 minutes, and it really starts to break into post-rock territory, um, but there's still a heavy rock edge. It's pretty interesting. Um, check that one out if you want to. But otherwise, I think we're, I think we're right, ready. Before, before we start talking about real music, I listened to the first Disposal track. And yep. I legitimately laughed out loud. That was hysterical. Yeah, it it it, it is as <laughs> entertaining as you expect it to be. Um, it's even funnier that like it kind of worked. No, it does. Like, <laughs> it does kind of work. Like, you could tell me that that was a dude, and I honestly would believe you. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty fucking oh, funny. Wait, I think I had one more like absolutely useless tangent I wanted to bring up. Bring it up. Let me, quick, let me look at your 3x3. Three three. Ugh, it's it's gone. Alas. The tangent's gone? Was it something about Madison not... Beer? Or Le Chant de Niel? How do you say Nile in French? How would you say that? Nile? I don't know. Well, like, What do I look like? Someone that speaks French? Well, like, I don't know. We both took French in high school. Like, I can say no, Le Chanteur. That was 30 but... years ago, Adam. I don't even remember what French is. Very true. Is it a country? Is it a way of life? Also, check out the Le Chanteur Nile record. It's pretty freaking good. Modern black metal. Anyway, <clears throat> what were you... Any? Did, did you come back with the tangent or no? Uh, well, I have an unrelated tangent, but... Go on the tangent. Go on the tangent. This is the time. This is the time. I heard Touche Amore's 2016 record. Uh, is that the, that's the, um, the one about his mom having cancer, right? Yeah. I remember listening to that record when it came out. And what did you think, Sam? Uh, it's exactly what I expected and somehow not as good as a lament. That makes sense. <laughs> but, uh, you know what? Let's, let's talk about, like, the greatest goddamn metal album of all time. Whoa. Which one is that? Little known record by this little small band. They're called Opeth. <gasps> it's called Blackwater. Pra. 
Well, this is the one, folks. If you're going to listen to any episode of this fucking podcast, it's this one. Um, We're just going to be slobbering all over the knob that of <laughs> Michael Ackerfeld and Stephen Wilson's love child. Yeah, no, this is a very interesting record, isn't it? Um, yeah. Interesting so, production, interesting creation process. Yeah. Well, so Adam, let's get this let's get this out of the way. Is this album a ten? Uh, I think usually we save that for the end. But uh, yes, yeah, I would but think I mean, this album is a ten. I think this uh, is as, I think this is as ten ten as ten gets. You know, well, yeah. obviously you have to be a metalhead to think that, and I think that even I I, I was re-listening to it, and obviously, you know, you can have a different point of view when you're going into it, um, if you're not a metalhead. Like I, I I sort of one of my friends I recommended Bloom to him, right? And mm-hmm. by by Caligula's horse. By Marigold? <laughs> by Marigold, is what I was about to say, yeah. Um, I recommended to him by Bloom, and he he thought it was like a seven. <laughs> now, granted, he's not a metal listener, or a prog listener at all, so I kind of get it. Like, I, I understand that, like, the record only does so much for someone who, you know, doesn't like that type of music. And I think that for this record, you could probably argue for an eight or a nine without sort of the context that it holds but i think that yeah this is this is a 10 um this is this is yeah yeah this is a 10 and i mean just like looking back on it now like when people think of like landmark metal albums that weren't released in the year like 1963 (laughs) by black sabbath right the big four thrash bands or early floridian death or the second Mm -hmm. wave black metal like this is this is the metal record yeah it's like it's pretty universally beloved, universally seen as perfect. Is it know, still the it, number one album on Metal Storm? I'm gonna check right now. It may be. I mean, anyone that's listened to metal in the 2000s has probably knows this record. Probably likes it for good reason. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny because I remember when I first heard this record, I'd just gone off of like months of grinding nothing but like first wave gent, <laughs> and yeah. initially I was like. Oh, you know, this is good, but it's not that good. Oh, it is not. It has dropped to number three. It's behind Rust in Peace and Symbolic. Well, you know, those are both good records, but not on Blackwater Park. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, and then, you know, here we are a few years later being like, oh, yes, yeah, the best metal record ever. Like, Blackwater Park <laughs> is nearly perfect in yeah. every, every way, shape, or form, and its influence and the, the way that it sort of touched every aspect of the metal canon if pretty good if any one of our um sort of segments in the show will be more repetitive than any of them before it will be this one because no, like, yeah this song's perfect <laughs> literally we're gonna be like oh my god this song 10 which is Ten. It's, it's, so just, gr- it's just true because every song in this record for the most part is like a 10 and overall yeah the package just it's all there this this album literally does everything that it sets out to do perfectly yep and i mean i guess let's dive a little bit into the 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 context sure um so still life which you know pretty damn good record talked about it last week is was a a huge commercial flop they'd signed on to peaceville for 
global distribution and they for whatever reason the record like took two years to get released globally Mm -hmm. so after that um michael and the boys were like well shit and (laughs) they signed to uh, another label and they were like okay look you know we know your music's good and you probably have some commercial potential just make another record right and this label had a lot more funding i think it's like what music for world music or something Uh, music for nations and slash coke I don't even know. Yeah, I've never heard of the fucking label. Um, and yeah, it's. I mean, they they ended up recording the album with Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree and everything else fame. Um, <laughs> Michael and Steve got a bromance, and they they entered the studio with like half the tracks done, wrote and finished the rest of the tracks in the studio. Took like three months to do absolutely everything, and then it was released in two thousand one. And Sweet. I guess the rest of his history, it sort of almost immediately blew up. We've got a huge worldwide market, and suddenly Opeth were kind of household names in uh, the world of metal at the time. They weren't like as big as the new metal bands, who were also cresting in popularity at that time, but mm-hmm. they were pretty damn big. Yeah. And they've held that status since. I think it's pretty amazing that, you know, this is certainly, this is their record, uh, their time to shine. You know, um, I don't know. It's It's cool. I'm I'm excited to discuss this record. Yeah, is, no, I feel is... like more so than any of the records on this list. I, yeah. I know Blackwater Park, like the back of my hand. Right. I know every single guitar part on this record. I can play the whole thing on bass. Uh, basically, every lyrics ingrained into my memory. Every <laughs> part of this record. It's, and it's great. Like, this is one of those records where it goes how I'm feeling. I can just throw it on, get hype as fuck for the Leper Affinity, you know, cry to Bleak Harvest, Dirge for November, do the it was me <laughs> funeral portrait <laughs> and then like actually slaughter whoever's around me when During the Black sun Water sets Park. forever over blackwater park like mm. it's front to back this record is amazing it really is flawless the performances are impeccable the compositions are the absolute height of opet's and michael in particular yeah. sonic career it sounds like this is one of the best produced records i've ever heard like, the first thing that hits you, especially if you're going chronologically in the Opet discography, is just how damn good it is. Like, Stephen Wilson's mix and um, the production done by the other people on this record, it sounds so modern, but, like, also has this really nice vintage quality to it. Every instrument is, like, perfectly cute in the mix. The tones are all there. And, gosh, it's just, what an album. Yeah, what an album. But, I guess we can just jump right into things. We don't want We don't want to gorge too much of our... Uh... First, uh, our fucking, um, I don't know what I was going to say, but we don't want to spell all the beans yet. We just talk track yeah, by let track. Let me just, uh, whip out the genius so yeah, I can... Yeah, whip out the genius. Also, this, funnily enough, this record isn't quite a concept rec- album, but all the songs are about death in one way or another. Yep. And I actually really love the lyrics on this record. You have what? I really love the, the lyrics on this record. Oh, you love the lyrics. Well, yeah, I mean, you could argue this, like, the peak of their lyric writing career as well yeah i mean they're all it really like toes the line between being like tastelessly like meme and just absolutely badass mm-hmm. <laughs> and everything you know channeling a lot of the dark romanticism uh, yeah. we've oft talked about on this show so uh, yeah i know i guess we'll begin with like the best album opener ever i mean leper affinity holy shit yeah like, whenever I pick up a guitar, the first riff I play is that opening Leper Affinity riff. It is the, it's in 6-8, it is the definition of an Acker riff. Yeah, it doesn't get more, uh, Opethy than this. 
right yeah, and here. Like the way you kind of hear like this organ dissonance swell into and you know it loops that like four times then michael comes in with his vocals somehow sounding even more unhinged and demonic yeah. on the previous record we enter into what's again oh it just gets me like just thinking about it gets me hype i want to i want to punch <laughs> someone i, I want to start crowd killing I I don't know. I mean, I am envious of the 2001 Opeth mosh. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and like, you know, Martin Lopez, the two Martins are just absolutely nailing the rhythm section as always. Um, this is a nice clave beat, actually, uh, taken from Bossa Nova. Um, the bass is fun. And on this record, too, something you just kind of forget is how good every transition is. Like... Um, oh yeah, right from, the, from the, that first, um, you know that you go into the your body is mine to avail, and they're doing more of like a chordal like harmony thing, and the turnaround where it's do 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 they're so natural and they don't sound out of place whatsoever, but they still keep that proggy, you know, jaunt that, you know, comes with their territory. So, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, and like, I mean, I just, I love a lot of like the, the like intricate, but not in your face guitar work here. Like um, that, that riff where it's... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, this record, like, sure, it's technical and like, they're all super good at their instruments, but like... It is really simple, relatively. Yeah, comparatively no, I mean, you to compare like, this to like I don't know, let's say like Archspire or whatever. No, yeah, and that can you know some sometimes the technicality can obfuscate really good songwriting, but with Opeth, it really is used to augment it. Yeah. And like I think like that amazing solo around the three minute mark, which I still get in my head sometimes. In the right. way it ends with like the dissonant lead. And then everything breaks away, and you just get the dual guitars. It's just—it's so infectious, and every every like all the riffs here, like this record, I feel like more more so than any of the Opeth records, is just riff after riff after riff. Yeah, I mean, there's no time to play around. You know, they're just they're just going the whole time. No one really oh. takes a break in this album. Oh, totally. It, and, like, the songs just feel, like, connected by something, like, holier than thou. Right. Like, you gotta be like, how the hell did they write, write transitions between such amazing parts so perfectly? Like, the way you naturally sort of build into the, the lead melody here. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. We got the harmonized guitars, and it gives way to that classic Opeth clean section. Right. And I, I mean, remember the... F- oh, no, you can go, go for Sorry. it. Sorry. I was gonna say, like, I remember the first time, like, listening to this record. You hear, you hear, like, the the five minute mark, um, and it suddenly it's yeah. And there's acoustic guitars. You got a little nice synth. You got layered vocals, and Michael's all like, "Lost our days of spring." Comparatively to Sam, these clean vocals sound great. Uh, <laughs> Um, they, <laughs> Ouch, dude. No, but they, they they really do, like, Michael isn't, he's not straining on this record, the clean vocals are perfectly in his range, you know, 
the melodies that he has are even more impressive than they were on uh, Still Life and even more catchy and memorable. I mean, I, I can sing all the clean sections on this record. Oh, totally, totally. Like, you like, know, it's just, they're yeah. so, they're, they're perfect. They're so memorable and they wonderfully fit the, uh, the, the, the acoustic bullshit that's going on below it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, just the the way this section in particular builds tension is gorgeous. Mm. And I love uh like Wilson's uses usage of vocoders and filtered yes. vocals on this record. Absolutely, like, in certain sections, like in this and Harvest in um Drapery Falls and Dirge for November, it really adds a nice quality to the clean parts. Yeah, that makes them like stick out as their own instrument. And I don't know, just it's that really much unique. Punchier. It's really neat too. Because it, it's and, not like it uses it the whole time for a whole section. It'll bounce between the cleans and the vocoder, which is, I mean, that's really interesting, at least to me. I've never really heard that. Yeah. And, and honestly, like, I know it's funny because he was probably influenced by this, but it reminds me of, like, uh, Michael Lessard from, like, yeah. uh, the later era contortionist, where they're just a lot of subtle vocal layers that don't take away from it, but really add to, like, Certainly, a nice whole. Yeah. And the way this acoustic section builds into like the climax of the song is legendary. Yeah. Like you get the you know, the you know the relatively simple chords, which is the do 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 do, and then suddenly Peter's doing some absolute shreds, yeah. and ugh, ugh, every just it, like it just once it, ugh, every lick here is just amazing. They really just—I don't know why, but. And it's funny that you mentioned that, like, this record was only half done, and that they just kind of made it up as they went, because it really doesn't feel like it. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I f you know, you you listen to, like, records that people have worked on for, like, ten plus years sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, wait, really? Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny that, I mean, this one, you know, didn't have as quick of a turnaround as, like, Still Life or anything, but, like, it's still super impressive. Yeah, no, these songs all feel like fully germinated to an absurd extent. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, another thing which I'm sure we'll touch upon is that every track on this record has a different form. One thing, one uh, flaw in Still Life, you know, still amazing record, talked about it last week. But one flaw in Still Life is that basically every song has the same structure. Yeah. You got like an intro, a pretty long verse, chorus, pretty long verse, bridge, chorus, out, mm -hmm. some variation of that. Um, and on this record, it's a little different. Like, this song doesn't have a chorus. You just got a bunch of verse, a right. clean section, a bunch of a reprise of the previous verse, and then the outro. Mm. And the outro here is really when, like, you know, the godliness of, like, Wilson's layering abilities come into play. Like, you have, like, eight guitars no, all, like, doing leads lot. on top of each other. These sick-ass chord progressions. And it all just sort of resolves into, like, a really subtle like piano outro it's it's wonderful absolutely yeah. wonderful oh and uh, this is all is this the first record to like prominently feature piano and opeth's discography i think so i think so um i mean I, I you know you have those early occasional interludes on stuff like um orchid and i think there was a little bit of piano on still life but not nearly as much as there is here yeah and it adds something to it like it, it has a really nice like ethereal quality, a real a return to like Prague's roots. That's oh, yeah. like very, very homey, very warm. No, it's 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 so it, it really feels. Um, I guess 
I don't know. It, it works perfectly, man. Like there, there's no real <laughs> way better to say it. But like they just do such a good job balancing all these aspects of their sound that they've already, you know, implemented and mm. continuing to expand even still. Um, on their fifth round, no, I agree. And like it's it, it's so nice because like when you listen to a lot of mediocre music for whatever reason, hearing a band just like knock something so unbelievably far out of the park is really just a breath of fresh air no oh, oh yeah like i mean there's nothing really like it you you're just so you're so relieved by that you know yeah like like i don't know I, I, this is like kind of a weird example but i think it fits like i don't know when we heard love exchange failure drop in 2019 i think both of our jaws collectively hit the floor now that oh, album, yeah, that totally. album's not a 10 by any means but like it's a perfect evolution of sound and like every single one of the relatively most of the tracks on that record are just like they're just perfect um and obviously you know opeth does it a little bit better uh but it's the same sort of thing it, no 100% they they just I like I was going to say it's sort of the antithesis to something like fear inoculum cuz fear inoculum is like something that is so close to being great. All the parts are there. They just you just get the sense that the band, if they had changed things a little bit, you would have had a near perfect record. But Opeth were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Michael Acker, the Chad Okerfeld, was like, all right, guys, we're, we're gonna write the best goddamn death metal songs ever put to pen right here, right now. And you know what? They do. They, well, in, I mean, I don't know. You could argue Symbolic's a better record, but a lot of people would. But regardless, in terms of prog... Like, yeah, it. there's a reason this got number one best prog metal album of all time in like 80 polls ever. Yeah. So, Speaking and, of which... I mean, oh, no, no, no. You go, you go, you go. I was just going to say, like, I just want to highlight some, like... Because the, li like, the lines on these al this album in particular are just sick. Like, they're so cool. It just has the, the like... It calls back to, like, the heyday of, like, 80s metal. When metal right. was just the coolest, like, mixture of, like, occult imagery and anti-establishment themes in this weird response to nature like the chorus your body is mine to avail such a tragic sight you are slave under my creed spurn me with those tears or like a step from oblivion moving into the dim lights hiding within a reverie it was worth it for the weight alone like i don't know what it is but it's sick <laughs> but, but it's awesome yeah i don't know i mean all the you you said it the lyrics on this album are probably the best that Opeth gets as well um, in terms of all of them. Um, granted, yeah, it doesn't have a focus point, something like where Still Life did, but even still, I think that might be a benefit because they don't really have the restriction of a, uh, of anything. Yeah, it's, it's more like a, it's more like a, a dark side of the moon concept in the sense that everything right. sort of resolves around death and loss and our collective experience moving forward, but it's not in your face about it. Yeah. And uh, this song in particular, The Leper Affinity, is about like a strained relationship between two people. Maybe lepers, maybe lovers, maybe one that's dead. It's Who very knows? vague. Who knows? But the lyrics are effing sick. Yeah, they're really cool. They paint a really nice picture of just, yeah, what, it, what it's trying to convey. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because, uh, like, I don't know if it really exactly fits 
the the style of some of these tracks, but uh, I mean it certainly works. Cause like I don't know, I think that like the like I don't know, I think the Opeth uh, lyrics certainly fit more into the when it puts that into context, like on Still Life, like uh -huh. obviously these lyrics are way better than the ones on Still Life, but like I think that those you know fit a little bit more. Not a critique. Just something to just something to notice. Yeah, no, I feel you. But anyway, anyway, you're right. You talk about AMG's least favorite Opeth song. You know what? I don't. I don't know. I don't agree. I like this song. No, like the thing about Bleak is it's kind of a meme, and you gotta accept the meme. But once you move past it, it's just you know yeah. the sickest metal melodic thing you've ever heard in yeah. your life. Like, oh, and the main riff, oh, oh, oh it's so hard. It's like it's like if J it's like if John Petrucci, when writing home, was like, "All right, what if our band didn't suck ass?" <laughs> yeah, because it really is very similar to that. It is. Movie. It is. Yeah. Now that I'm listening, but, I'm listening to it again, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it, it is the same fucking thing." Um, I will say, like, I mean, the intro to the song is pretty perfect too start on beat one you just get like these distortion swells martin lopez is doing like i don't know some fill stuff yeah. there's like this they're like eight acoustic guitars doing random things then you get a fill into that riff into the riff it's so Dude. good it's so good. yeah it's just it's it's so it's so exciting it gets you in the mood it's like it's middle eastern it's distinctly different mm -hmm. but it still feels like something that will work in an opeth song oh, yeah. the fact that every every tone here is immaculate really helps yeah where where the fuck is the neural dsp opeth plugin dude honest Where actually is i've this is an aside but i've spent so much goddamn time trying to figure out exactly what opeth used on like this <laughs> era of their recording and it's bizarre because it really is a mix of like eight different amps the way they got the tone for this album was by blending together a laney a marshall and a pv gotcha well for Which all makes of you... sense okay makes sense well because so there's a pretty big difference between british and american tone right british is a lot like fuzzier it's a lot le uh, more mid focused whereas american is like think eddie van halen think like high yeah, pitch, yeah, yeah. think like trebly think dime yeah, think yeah, that yeah. horrible tone and so this album is sort of the best of both worlds guitar wise because you got that really well-rounded british bite with the nice aggressive crunch in the top end of something like a pv and right. it comes through wonderfully here yeah, I mean, these guitars sound great. You can really just hear everything on this track. Um, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. And this song has a really nice flow throughout it, even though, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I like how, you know, the vo the vocal pattern at the beginning is quite different. You know, yeah. he's laying down a word and then expound expounding upon it. Yeah. And then it does the Opeth thing where they just somehow switch into a totally different riff. Yeah. And it's just the coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I really love the, um, um, let me get to it so I'm not misrepresenting it. But the like the chorus riff, which, I mean, let's be real. The chorus can be kind of cringe with Steven Wilson, like being steven wilson i mean i think i still think it's fine i really like i think it fits very well 
And obviously, he's a very good performer. So, like, it sounds fine. No, I feel you. Plus the prog collab, dude. No, I agree. It's, I mean, no, it's, it's cool. It's and, like, I, d- I definitely like the way that the, you know, the vocal melody interpolates the guitar melody. Oh, yeah. And the guitar melody here is just, it's sick. It's like mm. four jazz chords played at odd times. You get all the nice bassy fills that are really warm, yeah. really spacious. It's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I agree. Awesome, awesome, awesome. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't... Uh, I, I figure out what I was going to say. Shit. I don't know. This song... Really transwes- transitions well into its um, back acoustic half. Acoustic section? Well, yeah, because it goes into the acoustic section, and then it goes into that um, nice back half uh, riff that's, like, very similar to the first riff, but... Slightly changed up from the acoustic section. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was going to say, like, the acoustic section here is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. And, like, I love the help me cure you. Yeah, it's a super <laughs> mellow, super memorable melody. Yeah, and the guitar, it's really angular. There's mm. so, like, there's so many little hits upon the root notes that create a really nice movement through the section. Yeah. And then, you know, the Lundgren solo is so tasteful in the way it goes into the... It's just sick. It's a, it's a really, like, you know, as we've talked about many times, the band knows how to write goddamn climaxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, does the chorus format work on this song? I think it does. Like the uh, like, you know, they're all on an ascendant level of playing. It sounds great, and it transitions really nicely. If this song kind of shoehorned the chorus in a little more, like if it started with the chorus or like it had it in the middle of the mm-hmm. um, acoustic section, I'd be a little annoyed. Sure. But the fact that it just kind of naturally builds. Yeah, it's only it only the... happens twice. Yeah, I agree. And the second time, you know, it just does it a little more. Mm-hmm. And I do, I like the uh, pre-chorus riff the second time, which is very like typically acker chordy. Oh yeah, that's really gorgeous. And the u- <laughs> the use of Evo on this track's great too. Mm-hmm. It comes back, of course, dude. Never forget the Evo, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. No, yeah, I I agree with you though. Right right before the second chorus, when it's just uh, you have you have one playing the riff and the uh and the chugs and then you have the um the the lead line on top playing that nice sort of shrill melody sounds really good sounds great i agree and i mean i like how uh the chorus sort of um gets longer on the second time they switched up a little hey that's called good songwriting folks yeah Um, i know and the, the ending is super sick too yeah no, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. We could go into the lyrics on this track a little bit, S- seeing as I don't know they're kind of important, and you can actually hear most of them. Um, we'll talk about, I guess, Stephen Wilson's um, devious moments in your eyes move me from relief. Breath comes out white clouds with your lies and filters through me. Um, it's pretty cool. It's not too too corny, but. This guy got cheated on, the poor man. And then he's got to kill... <laughs> he kills his lover and then dumps her into a lake. <laughs> Just kind of funny. Uh, it's really... <laughs> it's kind of funny because you really have this nice choral harmony between Michael and uh, 
and Steven Wilson, who, uh, you know, they both have very good clean vocals, um, or at least they're very uh, talented tenor and baritones alike. Um, so it's just funny to sort of listen to them <laughs> sing about this stuff. It's pretty entertaining. Uh, but overall, obviously, Bleak, although it's kind of meme a lot of the time, certainly a great cut um, through and through, over and over again. I agree. Great song, yeah? Great song. <laughs> I was, I was, I, I talked about, I was talking about lyrics um, and how sort of the, um, even though, like, this, the song is kind of pretty corny and shit, the, um, like, the lyrics are pretty, <laughs> they're pretty funny and, uh, they're, like, they have a very nice, um, the, the harmony in the chorus is really pretty, and they both are, of course, great, clean vocalists as well, uh-huh. yet they're, you know, they're, they're singing about killing a woman and dumping her, or killing a person and <laughs> dumping them into the lake. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That, that, no, that is I what mean, I mentioned. The, fair. No, I, I will say, they both have choir boy tenors. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, there. yeah. Do you yeah, like they, the they, little, like, pixel breakdown at the very end of the song? <laughs> the pixel breakdown is funny. Yeah, and it's then, just like uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. No, the lyrics are kind of memey, but I don't they're kind of like, this, so- this song doesn't deserve the the hate it gets. It's kind of it's like absolutely amazing, and the fact that it's like so much more melodic than what immediately came before it, while still maintaining a lot of that aggressive edge, is like peak Opeth. Yes, I agree with and that. And it definitely helps with the flow of a record. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Devious movements in your eyes. Yeah, it is me, me, but I don't know. It, it is, it's great. It is. Yeah, it really is. And like, the, you, you can't, you cannot beat that guitar slide into that opening riff. No, Well, shall we move on to the the one of the shortest real tracks on this record? Actually, the shortest real track on this record. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we sort of talked about last week how Benighted, they, it just felt a little bigger, which they did a little more with it. Right. And this song is exactly hey. how you should do that. <laughs> Guess what? Harvest is exactly that. And thank God, because yeah. this song's great. What a, yeah, what a nice gorgeous. What a nice way to to do the classic Opeth, have two death metal cuts, and then a nice little acoustic interlude track. Do they do this um, on every single album up to this point? Except not, for Watershed. Not, not Morning Rise. Or Morning Rise. I don't know why I was confused them, but yes, yeah, they do. Not, That's funny. Not, not Morning Rise, but every other record, yes. Well, no, no, no. Not a, uh, not not My Arms either. Uh, my Arms has April Ethereal. That's the or second no, track, it, though. Sorry. Because that it is the th- opener. That's Madrigal. That is Madrigal. Okay, yes. So, yes. Um, that is the way it goes. Um, but yeah, no, this, this track, so gorgeous. Like, Michael's voice is, it's, it's so pulled back, it's so reserved, he's not straining at all. The acoustic guitar beneath him sounds absolutely great. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's so pretty, and it, and it perfectly works for what it wants to do. Yeah, no, and like, this is one of the few Opeth songs that actually works really well if it's just you with an acoustic guitar yeah because you know it has this really gorgeous e minor chord that just kind of drones throughout um like i love that intro you know it's just very it's very uh 
it's very open and funnily enough like i was reading the the stereogum article before this or before this and the fact that you know this record has a song called harvest almost kind of calls back to neil young and sort of grabs from yeah. that whole generation yeah. of singer songwriters. that's interesting i didn't even think about that huh yeah it's something to consider yeah the like the lead melodies here are gorgeous you know they're they're just blissed out enough i love mm-hmm. the way the song layers guitars throughout and just kind of builds right um and I, the vocal melodies themselves are great the stay with me oh, uh. yeah i mean uh, michael doesn't really have to try too much to sound good as we've sort of put that out there already but um yeah i don't know i mean he, they just it's just a really nice um it's certainly the best job they've done at this style um in this place in the album um and i really think that the full i i think that the full instrumentation from the beginning of the track helps that a lot whereas um you know benighted had the it starts acoustic only acoustic and then it comes back in with everything mm-hmm. else yeah, no, and like all the like the rhythm section on the song has so many cool flourishes. Yeah. Like Mendez's bass is so goddamn warm and the way he'll like do little fills and res- resolve on the roots, super satisfying. And um Lopez's fills where he'll do like a pretty subtle symbol thing to mark the start of a new bar is very I, nice. I really like um speaking of the drums, I love the Tom stuff that happens in the um uh, in the bridge around like the fucking two, three, mi- three and a half minute mark, where like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of subtle, and maybe it's just because I've been trying to learn this track on drums. But every time the the um the sort of riff repeats, they're trying something new on the drums, and it's really cool. At least I think. Yeah, so. no, it's cool, and I you know I like the solo section here. I like. Mm-hmm. I also like love that you know through this entire song, Peter's sort of doing like. I'm I'm sure it's not improv because it's prog, but something that sounds like very spur of the moment. No, yeah, it, it it is very natural. Um, and like yeah. this is you know this is a song that doesn't you know the, it could pass if you sung this at an open mic night. It could pass as like you know a folk. Yeah, song yeah, you could totally you could totally pull it off without um the extra instrumentation. So good job for versatile songwriting there, Opeth. There you go. Yeah, and no. you know, the lyrics here are pretty are pretty nice. They're actually kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this dude who's dying, and he's like, "Oh man, I wish that <laughs> as I was dying, I had someone with me." Sad boy, dude. Or- Sad boy. You get the orchid imagery, which is great. Drained mm-hmm. by the cold caress, stalking shadows ahead. Halo of death. All I see is departure. Mourners lament, but it's me who's the martyr. Sad. Yeah, it's, it's Sad. And I love like just that that big sweeping reverby chord that opens the chorus every time, like the brrrr. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I I know Adam and I don't really like interlude tracks, but this this song works perfectly to break up the track list. Well, this as... isn't even really we we've sort of been into it that this isn't even really an interlude track. Yeah, it's just a shorter track that once again breaks up the track list and leads perfectly into Drapery Falls, which is one of the best Opeth songs. Period. Uh. My favorite Opeth song, argue. Really? Yes. Um, no, bro. My favorite uh, Opeth song's "Soldier of Fortune." <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I hate "Soldier of Fortune." Banger. We'll get to that though. Yeah. 
So you want to talk about, um, you know, the best song ever, Drapery Falls? I mean, I fucking love it. It's great. You have that really nice, just acoustic strumming bullshit, and then uh, the quick <laughs> little tom fill into the uh, sort of... It's it's sort of like uh, Harvest in how it um, approaches the, the, the riff, where it just kind of... Um, I'm trying to explain it where... Well, the the riff kind of drones on throughout yeah, and has yeah, the pulse yeah. of the riff through a lot of the song. It takes a while to get going, um, but it's still it sounds really nice while it's doing that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, this is it's so gorgeous. Like when everything does come in, and you know the drums are there and the bass is doing it's like do 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 do. Yeah, and you have this crazy like coked out guitar that's filtered chorus delayed reverb and it adds so much and just that core like riff is so satisfying under distortion because mm-hmm. like what he's doing is is uh, michael and peter are playing like really big jazz chords and what and they're just extending up a minor second and then mm-hmm. coming back to it gotcha and it has this really nice circular flow to it because it's all in six eight or most of it is right and it's just very satisfying and it's very somber in a way that you wouldn't expect Mm-hmm. From you know two tr- two death metal cuts no, that yeah. just melted your face off. No, seriously, this song this song is rather forlorn and it doesn't no, lean no. too heavily into the fact that like you know this is this is a death metal band at heart. Um, mm-hmm. It it's it really has um, a nice and sort of melodious progression uh, throughout. Yeah. Oh, I just I just found out the song is actually a single. Was well, it a single for the record? Yeah, it makes, it makes and sense. It charted in Scandinavia, as it does, as you do. Um, yeah, and I mean, I love the way you know we go from like sort of the roaring sections to very mm-hmm. diminished, um, with just a very subtle acoustic guitar and the very the cool lead guitar, and we get yeah. Michael's filtered vocals. I I love this clean section. I love the verse section in this song. It it it, it makes me so happy. I know, um, I, totally I, lo- I love the lyrics, and then when it just absolutely explodes into the refrain, it's it's so awesome. Pull me down again. Yeah, no, it's it's sick. Yeah, it's super super cool, and of course, all of the instruments throughout this part just they sound great. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> that hasn't changed. And I, uh, I mean, I particularly love how like it sort of goes into the the big pull me down again, and then goes yeah. back to the clean mm-hmm. section, and then you know we go full into full death metal territory after the next one, right? And guide me into ah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this kind of is like a a prog fan's best friend, just a little bit. But like I don't know, it's it's great. Like mm-hmm. no, the solo here is super tasteful too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this song. I don't know if you're gonna show anyone. No, that's weird. We say that a lot. Um, but like this song, <laughs> you say of, that a lot. Of all the tracks on this record, this is probably one of the more accessible, fully realized Opeth tracks with songs with all the with all the bells and whistles that Opeth likes to utilize. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's even like the death metal part here. Yeah. It's like pretty simple. It, it really sounds like something from Damnation. Mm. The and then and then you get the tom fills. Yeah. Into yet another solo. Mm-hmm. Man, they're just, really like. they're just they're just they're just this is great. This album's just this album's just great. 
this album is just amazing and this song spoiler alert is also just amazing turns out good music is good um but uh no yeah i mean obviously this is just we're halfway through the track list at this point and we've had nothing but a glowing review and it's only gonna get better yeah no like i i absolutely love the um the riff for verse four like, which kind of honestly sounds like um, Apostle and Triumph a little. Like, oh, yeah. The prog breakdown. Yeah, like, that's super sick. Yeah. And very, I like how, um, fun. you know, we go back into the uh, the acoustic section to just go balls to the walls in the second half yeah. of the refrain. Yeah, with like the with autumn leaves left in the wake to fade away. Mm-hmm. it's just sick it's so sick <laughs> yeah yeah this i i, I don't know this song I, it, it's really dynamic it goes back and forth throughout the entire song and this also uh, this track does have a lot of that prog experimentation that um well i don't know if i'd call it experimentation but the proggy you know bullshit that we all know and love uh this track is full of so you know, and that's why like I love the, it. This is like one of the few fade outs I feel works. Like, yeah, the ending yeah. is per- like, it's such a great ending where you turn to that in that intro motif again. It gets mm-hmm. bigger and bigger. I like when Lopez goes with the double bass. Um, it really adds something nice to it. And yeah. then you just fade out. And it's mm-hmm. really gorgeous. I don't know. Yeah. It just works. I agree. I completely agree. What a lyrics are that on this song? Um, uh, it's about it's basically about de- sadness depression the things that come with loss like please remedy my confusion thrusting back to the day um, yeah there's failure inside this test i can't persist kept back by the enigma no criteria is demanded here um makes sense <laughs> yeah and like waking up to your sound again and lapse into the ways of misery like it's, it's pretty direct like he's a sad boy that's so epic yeah and there's i feel like there's some subtle like organ usage here too um probably like really yeah no i mean just how all the clean sections give you chills and then give way to lure sickest yeah (laughs) the be cool death metal stuff um yeah i don't know do we want to move on Sure, I mean, Drapery Falls, kind of slaps. Kind of slap. Sam, you know what's wild? What? We've been going for an hour and ten minutes-ish. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. But that's okay, because this album deserves it. I agree. We're, we're talking about Dirge for November. Yes. Another. Which is kind of... Like, that's Great another track. thing I like. Like, with, with Leper Affinity, it's really just a riff fest. With Bleak, you got a slow build built around a chorus. With Drapery Falls, you just get kind of an odyssey followed, like, atmospheric part after yeah. atmospheric part. And then Dirge from November <laughs> is distinctly different because it opens so up with different. just this jazzy guitar part and Michael, like, basically crying on yeah. the mic. Gone. Yeah, very Gone. natural. Um,. It really, I just kind of, um, I don't know. It feels folky. Very, very folky. This is some mm-hmm. of the most folky that I think Opeth has gotten up to this point. 
uh, is on this track. Yeah, I agree. And the, this acoustic refrain is just so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like the do 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 do. Yeah, it's wicked pretty. Um, and I mean, the close mic acoustic just sounds great. You know, and obvi- obviously Michael's a great guitar player, so you know he doesn't fuck up at all. Um, but even even then, like, it just feels so natural and so impressive throughout the entire thing. Yeah, and I, I mean, I really love how, like, sort of the uh, the first heavy section is just an extension of those chords, just with a bunch of distortion and a bunch of layers yeah. and death metal rhythm <laughs> section. And I don't think we've mentioned it yet on this recording, but the fact that Lopez's recording tone is so, like, oh, yeah. not death metal-y really works in this record's favor. Like, the fact that Martin Mendez is basically playing a jazz bass and Martin Lopez is basically playing, like, a jazz kit with double bass drums really works. Because at no point do they feel like they're just punching your face out no. in the mix. Like, you can certainly hear them. And on, like... Um, the Leper Affinity, like, those double bass pedals, they're moving at, like, 30 seconds, and they're just pounding. But they're not so unbelievably overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they, I, it reminds me of, like, that Fear Factory live video we really like to make fun of, where, the like, the two kick drums are louder than God himself. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's very tasteful in this, and most Opeth projects. Um, so, yeah, it's just... Thank you, Stephen Wilson, for produ- for being a good producer. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I mean, I've heard people levy, levy critiques against the song as a little too samey, but I, I honestly kind of think of it like a black metal track. Because, like, this song is really, no. like, an intro followed by one chord progression for almost the entire clean section, or harsh section, and it works. Oh, it really works. Um, and I, I've, that, I, that outro way to think about it. perfect, too. Oh, yeah. It's just a riff off the, the first one. Yeah, except, like, I don't know, that guitar just sounds so desolate. Like, it sounds like, it's like a nice solo guitar piece, and the the, the tone knob is at zero, such a dark voice, and it's it really yeah. is gorgeous. Yeah, I think, I, I think you're right that, you know, this song could possibly be critiqued for, you know, being too samey. I get it, but at the same time, I don't know, man, like... The amount of versatility that Opeth has, like, this song is samey, but it's only samey in this song. Yeah, so, like, is and that even something you can really complain about? Exactly. And, like, the fact that it starts with a clean section and ends with, with, like, a distinctly different clean section, yeah. and the whole thing is just kind of dreary, is it really works for the mood of the album. And it, you know, it sort of enforces Opeth as lure sad boy metal band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> even though, like... I don't know, when I think of Opeth, I don't really think of Sad Boy Metal, but, like, it, it definitely helps the vibe. Yeah, well, I feel like, a lot of the, the clean sections here, you know, you'll, we'll see appearing on their next release, really, in Damnation mm. and certain parts of Deliverance. Yeah. So, And, I mean, it helps that, you know, as always, Michael's ear for melody is near flawless. Yeah. And you really, like... There you go. Well, yeah, and I was gonna say, like, the, the lyrics here are, are pretty honestly... Um, pretty bleak, like, lost, mm-hmm. here is nowhere, searching time still, turning past me, all are gone, time is now. Um, yeah. And the whole thing is just kind of desolate and dreary, and mm-hmm. it, it brings you into that mood, and the, the usage of, like, the same chord throughout with just a million layers is nice. It's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, 
they just they 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 know how to they know how to do it, dude. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, good guitarists and songwriters and everything in between make good music. They do make music. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, this is this song's great. Um, and actually, I I do think that it works really well following um, you know, Dirt from November. No, excuse me, that was Dirt from November. The Sorry. Drapery. Falls. Yeah, dra- Drapery. Drapery falls. Um. I don't think we need the break, but I'll take the break. That's fine. Yeah, and like it works nicely in context. Yeah, like that. Well, that's another thing about this album is it flows basically perfectly. Yep. You got yes. you know two badass intro cuts, and then you take the tension down, and then you escalate the tension until you hit the best metal song of all time. So. Right. Uh, I talk agree. about uh about uh the funeral portrait. Another banger. Yeah, this this is another great way to to open with like the fade in of the, this like pretty intricate and fast guitar chord. Yeah, and then grow it into you know full distortion and all that funny stuff. Also, Michael Michael's performance on this track in particular, uh, at least vocally, is pretty damn impressive like oh totally some, some of his howls are like i'm like all right man take a step back there guy <laughs> like you're, i hear you straining your voice like be careful <laughs> yeah no i mean this song is like this this really does just like it, it's it's another riff fest you got riff from riff yeah. to riff and michael's just you know literally defiling god himself mm-hmm. with his his performance yeah and it has like i feel like his the consonants on this song in particular is awesome yeah like, the way he just kind of spits out some of these deliveries like ruby eyes in the fog that yeah. was me <laughs> i love that yeah i mean uh yeah, th- you're right. This song is just kind of a uh, kind of a kind of a, a riff fest jam. I mean, this is easily the hardest song on the record on the to record. play on guitar, at least and for me. It makes sense. I mean, listening to these dueling guitar parts that are you know they're playing harmony and then they're bouncing in between and weaving in another. Uh, it's, it's gross, but uh, you know it sounds great, and they obviously can do it very well because Peter and Michael are very talented. Oh, totally. Also, this song has kind of the, the shortest acoustic section on the record. You just get yeah. like a couple bars of like do 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 until you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We also got a, a few pretty sick on this section yeah. to lead it into the. Uh, it's good. The Michael Black dude. Did yeah. Michael invent the Black? Holy heck! We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to do some research. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I like the clean section sort of in the back half of this track too. I think it really. Oh, fits. totally. It's yeah, no, it's one of the I like. It's one of the defining moments of the record. Mm-hmm. Like I always think back to the and you are just like them all, stained by the name of their fathers. Yeah, it's it's core. It's it's very iconic and it's gorgeous. And I you know I like how the song does the opeth thing where it sort of builds out of the grime, gets more orchestral, yeah. gets all the layers added until suddenly. We have like 50 guitars going or whatever, and yeah. we got Michael singing a hook on top of it. Mm-hmm. 
And what's this track about? Um, um, I don't know. Uh, I think Something. I think it's basically about uh, the struggle between life and death. I, I feel like the lyrics on this record, like, are dope in certain. No, they less. Yeah, they less. They matter less. There are certainly yeah. uh, there are certainly some good vocal snippets uh, throughout. Yeah, and I abs- Oh my god, I forgot about that sweet picking section at the very end. Where it's like, oh yeah. Is that is a Peter and a half or is that Michael? Um, it could be either. Normally, Peter does that sort of stuff. Alright. Fair but, enough. Uh, they, I'm I, sure they both could do it. Yeah, I mean, they're both pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. And the yes, way it sort of yes. resolves on, like, the high, uh, I'm the 21-fret vibrato with the tapping right. finger. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, let's look at, there's, like, there are some nice lyric snippets here, like, mm. rainwashing clean all the sins, a liquid gown that covers all. Your loath turns endless. Open mirage, soothe your sense. Mm-hmm. Close to you, tangled up in hair. Fresh stigma looks like, shall I take you with me? And it is cold. Ruby eyes in the fog. It is me. <laughs> it is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I love that refrain towards the, at the very end. Yeah, it's very, very pretty. Um, they know what they're and doing. Also, <laughs> what? No, nothing, never mind. Dark romanticism, Pago. Dark romantic. Um, yeah, that's this record. I think this album makes it that. I mean, like, what do you think of when you think of dark naturalism? Now, I'll tell you, Blackwater Park. That's what I think of. <laughs> I, well, it's I, literally a park made of black water. I mean, the album cover is just—it's also perfect. Like, that's just so iconic. Oh yeah, it's just it's, like at first you're like, oh, it's the gray one, right? And then it's, it's you know, not it's the forest it's not just the gray one with some ghosts, maybe. You got some spookies in the back, the you nice wispy some, trees, some spoder web in the front, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, that could yeah, be a no. pond. That could be a pond. Who knows? Who knows what that is? I don't, I don't know. know. It looks great. I want a Blackwater Park shirt. <laughs> uh oh! Now it's time for Adam's least favorite track on the entire. <laughs> Oh, oh no, Adam's like, yo, dude, this record was a 10. Guys, come this, on. It's a three. What the hell? <laughs> um, I don't know. We we memed about it earlier, but like I can't I can't dig Opeth for patterns in the Ivy. I can't. It's not okay. fair. Um like this song is just it's a great little interlude. Um and before the final track, we need it. Uh, it it is it is so much more natural to do that than it would be to um, you know just jump right into Blackwater Park the title. Track. Oh yeah, and I mean this is a pretty gorgeous part as like I really love the piano flourishes towards the end like ding 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 doo doo. Yeah, and the and the fact that like the acoustic passage here is a little simpler than a lot of the other parts helps too. You know, mm-hmm. it gets you nice and contemplative, like you're staring at some flowers or whatever, before the world literally ends on the next track. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It's, it is it is very nice. Uh, the acoustic guitar obviously sounds great, um, and that's all there really is to it. Uh, it's got a nice pretty little melody that it flir- flourishes around with. The piano also sounds great at the end of the track. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah, it's a great, good little interlude tune. I'm not gonna say it's my favorite on that record by any means, but um, I yeah. mean, but at the very least, the interlude serves its purpose. Yeah, 
It absolutely does serve its purpose. So. And then you get the song, the titular oh. Blackwater Park. I mean, it's the longest song in the record, and it has every right to be. And it just jumps right in with that riff. I mean, if you don't know this riff, you better know this riff. Because, I mean, it, I mean, a lot of people say this is the best black uh, metal song or metal album of all time. So does that make this one of the best metal songs of all time? Is that is that a is that a fair I mean, ass- assessment to make? Uh, I think I, so. I I don't know. I feel like this song is kind of perfect. You just get <laughs> the best riffs in Opeth's entire catalog, one after the other, with like the best vocal performance of Michael Ackerfeld's career. Yeah, like you know when um when you get the the um. That like sort of the the hinting of the riff, the dune in it, do 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 like oh my god, it's so iconic. Yeah, and the whole thing just like I don't know, you want to like break your fucking neck because it's so groovy and the riffs are so tasty. Confessor. In the tragedies of man, lurking in the core of us. Oh, it's just uh, yeah, it's so epic. It's so iconic. Obviously, it kind of has that um, that sort of classic metal thing. I don't know, like this sound. This song sounds like a metal song, where I feel like most of Opeth's other um. Music is more uh, like it's very unique. But yeah, this no, song, this song is like a metal song, and that is not a bad thing by any means. Yeah. Because them them doing that makes it just it's perfect. Well, I mean, it's like sort of them returning to like Serenity, Paint to Death, but take yeah. moving everything up to eleven and packing with their best content on record. Mm-hmm. Like, the interlude here is placed really early. It's a really yeah. iconic interlude, and it's great. Because, you know, after this, you're literally just going to be at 11 right. until the record ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's and, like, what is it? First three minutes that interlude comes in at some point? Yeah, it comes in at, like, the second minute. And we don't get um, distorted guitars until, like, five and a half minutes. And, oh, my God, what a way to bring it back. And then Michael comes in with the... It's just so sick, and I mean, like yeah. once once again, the consonants like the lepers coiled neath the trees, dying men and bewildered soul. It's so awesome. It is yeah. just unequivocally everything amazing about the genre, with Opeth's sense of melody. Yeah, I mean, obviously these guys know how to do it. But they go over and above on this track. Uh, they don't just, you know, write a great song. They, they, they write just something so unbelievably unique, impressive, and replayable, frankly. Oh, yeah, you know? totally. Like, like, I remember when I first got into Opeth, I really, st- I, I, I learned Blackwater Park, the song, Gatan, is like, yeah, the song's kind of pretty good. And then every time I got in the car for like the next three months, I'd just be like, 
you know what? I'm going <laughs> to play Blackwater Park. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then I that, that is part of the song that I think is kind of important, because, like, the rest of, the rest of, like, the rest of this album is certainly replayable, but, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back to a track other than, like, The Leper Affinity or Blackwater Park by itself. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. I hate listening to singles, but, like, this song is just, like, it, it is Blackwater Park. Like, this is the yeah. whole record as one. It's completely emblematic of the entire package, and it's it's perfect. Oh, yeah, totally. And, I mean, I like how it sort of gets progressively more melodic. You know, that, like, instrumental refrain is really sick. The... The solo's great. The riff under the solo's great. Uh, I really like the chord progression. And then, oh, my God, that the build-up at the end... Where you get the first the octaves. And then if we go into more of the the drop D build up. Yeah. Which is oh you know it's just getting ready for that moment. Of course. It's a it's kinda like it is a slow banger, but in the best way possible, because you know, it does just have such a wonderful and natural build to its conclusion. Oh, totally. And like oh. when when the when the fucking acoustic guitar cuts out to just it, the do no 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 and then you get the drop D and Michael of course, rends the earth. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's like one of the best musical moments yeah. in their whole catalog. <laughs> right. It's amazing. Oh, uh, and I just, I love these, la- the, these, these last lyrics. The last like, lyrics. it's so cool. You know, uh, born the travesty of man, <laughs> regular pulse, miss pandemonium, you're plucked to the ma- Oh, parts with thirst to the wicket, and who can forget? Yeah, Adam. Adam, will you, will you do it? Will you do it justice? I mean, I could try Th- those final two lines. I gotta, I gotta listen to it myself now, so I don't look like an idiot on the internet forever. So you should stall for a minute. Uh, everything building towards the final moment. You yeah. get the, you get the Ebo building towards the chorus. You get the double bass. You get these sick drop D chords, almost like Adam Jones, but not sucky. Rip, rip, get it, getting, getting ready for for Mister Ackerfelt to rend the earth with the title belt. Hold on, wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's the the whole song, the whole album, is sort of building for this moment. It's just fucking sick, and the fact that right afterwards you get the best outro riff ever as another guitar yeah. is the You want me to do it? You want me to do it? Do the roll. The sun sets forever on black water. Yeah. Pretty freaking good. I mean, yeah. That's just, that's it. Yeah, I know. And every time it just get that open riff. And then suddenly you're just left to like ponder on two nylon acoustic parts. 
Yeah. And oh my god, like what a perfect song and what a perfect album. Like this is like one of those rare works of art where it truly feels like nearly every note is just perfect. Like yeah, I can't think of a dull moment on this album or a moment. No, there, not there's after. not. There's really not. Yeah, it all serves the purpose, and the fact that this album is like almost an hour and ten minutes blows my mind. I mean, it doesn't feel like it, for sure. You know, like, it might be a little long to the average listener, but, like, this is our bread and butter. Yeah, I mean, look, if, don't get me wrong, if you're not accustomed to, like, prog and or death metal, right. probably not going to like it, but, like, if you like <laughs> either of those things at all. Yeah, no, if, I, I, I think you can show this to a normal prog head or a normal death metal head, and they'd be like, Oh, yeah. Okay. I understand. I get it. You know? Yeah, it's it's just perfection. And, like, this really was a record that was good enough to build the rest of their career on. And, and, they, and like, they, they fucking did it. Like, if you hear any prog band, really, you know, that started after Opeth, chances are they're influenced by Blackwater Park. Like, yeah. I think of, like, Wilderun, where, like, that, where all their albums are so indebted to this, or, like, Signs, or... Of course, or, sorry, all... Cult- like, all of these groups. I mean, I, I, fucking, I don't know, the Reticent, which literally takes directly from the Opeth catalog. I mean, yeah, you like, know, what better an album to fucking rip off than Blackwater Park, you know? I w- like, I wish I had the melodic ear <laughs> to, to conjure riffs, the overall just, like, songwriting sentiment of Michael Ackerfeld and yeah. crew operating at their peak, because it really is a sight to behold. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you could just bang to any of these songs, aside from the interlude, just out of context. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you you know, it helps that it has, like, literally the best album opener and best album closer in metal history. Yeah. Like, this, it's such a way to get you invested and such a way to end the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it helps that every moment in between is perfect. Yeah. I agree completely. Completely. So the, the real question is, does any album in the, the Opeth catalog hold up to this? No. I've seen I, some I convincing would, arguments for Ghost Reveries. I think we'll have to... I really think that's going to have to wait. Because I haven't heard Ghost Reveries in a hot minute. So like, I, even, could, I don't think you even listened to Deliverance. I haven't. Uh, so, right. We're going to have to... At this point, no. I don't, I don't think this album can be touched by anything that the group has done. Um, every single, you're right, every single moan of this album is front to back perfect, immaculately calculated, and executed to the best it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I, you can't say that for literally any of their other records. Hey, Not one. AMG likes Ghost Reveries more. Well, AMG also likes Armored Saint. Okay? <laughs> and Eternal Champion. So... And no beef, pain of salvation. no beef, no beef. But I don't know. Like, call us fine. Call call me a poser for liking Blackwater Park is the best <laughs> Opeth record or a normie, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like th- this album, just at least at this point in our journey, is unrivaled completely, and I I don't see it getting better from here. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll be able to stand damnation all the way to the top maybe who knows i mean hell we could we could we could there could be equal footing we really don't know 
I'm yeah, there, I mean, there's there's certainly a context thing to bring into this as well, you know, because mm-hmm. like uh, you know we're kind of doing a sort of a historical take on this whole thing, um, and looking at it that way. So I really don't know what'll happen, but at the very least, we know that you know this is one of the best metal albums of all time, and certainly up till this point, um, you know, the best Opeth album. So. Yeah, I agree. So there you go. There you have go. You there you have you listened to the B-Sides released on the deluxe version? Fuck no. <laughs> no have I, you, I, I have a... two and Still Day Beneath the Sun? I have not, actually. I haven't either. They're probably sure pretty they're good. good. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're probably pretty good. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's interesting, because how do you follow up a masterpiece like this? And if you look at, like, the band's trajectory, like, they were literally like, uh, we'll do two I albums, think, one of the heavy and one of the clean. I honestly think, and I, we can talk about this more next time, but like, that is, I think that, um, Damnation is a perfect follow-up. Just yeah, because... came out before it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> one is the... originally supposed to be the same album. Okay. Hold on. I need to now. I now I'm gonna look stupid for a hot. Yeah, no. At, well, after this, Michael like the label was like, "All right, make another album within two years." And then Michael right. was writing all he could write was like soft, soft, sad boy songs. And then so the label was like, "We need the heavy." So he literally yeah. made a full heavy album and a full clean album. I I think that at the very least, I understand why Michael wanted to go in the direction of full sad boy, like. If they released uh, Damnation directly after Blackwater Park, I think it would have been a, a perfect move. Because I, I get it. Like, that, like yes, you've made your defining statement, and now you're going to completely switch it around. Uh-huh. So that, that makes total sense to me. Um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, that's it. That's it. That's, Black, yeah. that's Blackwater Park, dude. That is it. The sun set forever. It it did. It done diddly did set forever on Blackwater Park. Over. Any any final thoughts? Or are we just uh, writing the I news? Mean, I don't know. I feel like we've said all there is to say. Like, I yeah. feel like this album has will stand the test of time. You know, right now we're 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. Like, it really is just one of the defining statements of the hard, heavy music canon. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. It's great. Shout out, kudos to Michael for doing this when he was like 25. <laughs> yeah. The, oh. the sun, sun sets forever on Blackwater Park, man. That's it. That that do be it. Oh, that so ranking, it's, I feel I feel like a poser, but a ranking right now is literal chrono, literally yes. chronological. That's why, dude, I, I brought this concern up in the Morning Rise, ep- or in the My Arms ep- uh, episode. It'll change. It'll change from here. Because now we've already established that we've reached the the top. Yeah, do we think Deliverance is better? Probably still not. life. That's no. gonna be a Oh, then still life. Oh, I don't yeah. know. We'll have to get we'll get there and we'll see. We but, shall see. Uh, we I feel shall. like we should probably take a break next week from, from the path. We could. Because I, I ground so much goddamn <laughs> backwater park and still life. I'm a little pathed out right now. Alright, we'll see. We'll see. We won't give too much away. Um We got some yeah. news though. We do have a little bit of news. I have a little bit of news. Very dude, we had our dude, uh, like kind of a metal legend, kind of died. Oh yeah, 
I forgot about that one. Shit. Uh, yeah, no, that happened. Um, and wow, big. That's that. That's huge. That's yeah, huge. It sucks. That's even bigger than, um, fucking um, um. Fuck. Oh, this is bad. Um, Cradle of Filth guy. Yeah, arguably, like I would say, it's even bigger. Yeah, or what? Or did you, uh, obituary real close? Yeah, yeah. L, uh, what's it? LG. I, I can't. I can never remember his name. Oh no, I'm not not obituary. Gosh, entombed. Sorry, entombed. Yes. Uh oh, the Florida heads are gonna come <laughs> I'm for sorry, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, LG Petrov. Yeah. Yes, LG Petrov. It shows how much we know about entombed. But we do know that Entombed is obviously super uh, huge. Um, and yeah, uh, honestly, yeah, no. a fucking crying shame. Yeah, no, it just sucks. I mean, they're super. They were super, uh, super and uh, influential. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> I didn't mean to do you dirty like this. Yeah. Um, if we were bigger OSDM heads, you know, we would have a little bit more, I guess, to say. But, you know, it, that's that's horrible. Especially when it's such, I mean, uh, as impactful as a group as Entombed, who basically led the death metal charge in Europe. Wait, Entombed are, are from Europe? They're Swedish. What? Yes. LG Petrov. Lars Gurren Petrov. Well, uh-oh. 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 I'm a pleb. I'm a pleb. Sam's a pleb. No, yes. They're Swedish death metal band entombed. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, no, but yeah. It, it's abs- it's so unfortunate. Um, and we, we hate to see that 2021 is arguably more brutal than 2020 uh, for us. You know? So, we hate to see it. Yeah. In lighter news... There's a Deftones tequila now. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, uh, that's it. When are, when are we just stocking up on banned alcohol? When are we having, when are we having the cast where we just rank all the banned alcohols? It's the Abre Ojos tequila. Which Thank I assume you. which I assume means White Pony in Spanish because it is the 20th anniversary of White Pony and it's White Pony. God, like I don't even like tequila, but I feel like I should get this. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Pick it up. Sangre. There's only Sangre there's only, there's only 2,880 bottles of it, so get it while it's hot. It's probably like $800 or something. <laughs> All right. How do we feel about the Mike Patton version of the TMNT song? Uh, no comment. <laughs> no comment. It's big news, dude. He, that is for, that is, that is for the reboot of the arcade game. I don't know. Good for Mike Patton. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just saying it's, I don't know. A lot of people like TMNT, dude. I'm not a big fan, but whatever. Adam, we need to be talking about important things. Like, did you know Kesha was spotted wearing a Voivod t-shirt, bro? Bro. Uh, puts on beret, pushes up, pushes up monocle. Uh, meme every one of their albums if you like Voivod. 
I love those oh, like, fan fuck. memes things where it's like a girl wearing like a misfit yeah. shirt, and then the the soy face comes over, and he's like, "Orange." Oh, okay, can we talk about the best Instagram meme right now, which what? is various like serious? Oh my god, chug jug with you. Yeah, dude, I saw have Tom seen... York singing chug have jug you... with me, and I died. Have you seen White Kanye? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, have you seen Michael Giro singing Chug Jug with you? <laughs> what to, though? Corey <laughs> Taylor singing Chug Jug with you? So <laughs> dumb, but it's so funny. I literally, I screamed yesterday when I saw Tom York singing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Fortnite's gonna move it. <laughs> Honestly, the first like metalcore band to hop on that trend is yeah. some metal. They're, cover they're already thing. doing it. You know that they're active right now. We know like Ar- Architects Tomorrow is gonna be like, oi, oi, bruv, you got your ID? Well, we just released a chug jug with you cover. Jesus fucking Christ! This is America, dude. <sighs> I wish. Um, Corey Taylor reveals plans for socially distanced Corey motherfucking Taylor. Tour this spring. Oh god. Yeah, okay, sure thing. Um <laughs> sure. Um uh, Matt Mar- Adam Levine, there are no I, rock fans. Anymore. I I saw the there are no rock fans. Actually, anymore. I'm a little sympathetic to him here because I know what he's trying to say. He's trying to say there are no big ticket rock bands the way there used to be, which he's well, right. He is right, but you just, I don't know, man. You gotta, I mean, you gotta. I don't know. Adam, Adam Levine should not be commenting on this. Because, like, you know, as we say every day, we find 30 million new artists who are, you know, changing the way we perceive metal or guitar-driven music. Man's literally in a band. Man's literally man in a Man is band. literally in a rock band. I don't know. It just... I don't know. Fuck Adam Levine. I understand his point, but watch your words. Um, Sam, for $200, you could be an executive producer on Jeremy or Jamie Jasta's new album. Yo. All right, I'm dropping out of school right now. I know what I'm doing. The, it comes with a copy of the record for 200 bucks. Does that have Jasta Pasta? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he needs the help, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Take that as you will. Uh, John Schaefer is, has filed <laughs> a motion to drop all of the charges brought against him. Wait. No. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Please. No. Please. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 literally like you kill someone and you're like, well, uh, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to storm the Capitol. I didn't mean I didn't to participate in an insurrection. I didn't well. mean to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ugh. It's just, it's so cringe. Like, these, yeah. these people talk about, like, holding, you know, certain people accountable for, like, things they did 20 years ago. And then they, like, di- they literally participate in a coup and they're like... <laughs> It's like the BP oil salesman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Um, Otherwise, I don't have any other news. 
Um, I mean, we have, have news? so oh, I, I'll brief touch on this briefly, but R.I.P. Alexi Laiho, his cause of oh, death yes. was revealed, and um, it was basically a liver failure from several different medications. Oh no! Oh no! Which is sad. sad, and Big I mean, sad. I th- I think whenever something like this happens, we should use it to start a conversation on a yes know, substance abuse because it's no laughing matter. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> you know what is a laughing matter, though? This release week. <laughs> is it? I was gonna say Sumo Psycho's new song, but oh, uh, um, well, I, there's there's a lot of high profile releases, but as far as I know, the underground's kind of dry this week. All right, hit me up with some high profile releases. I hate God. Conan. Uh, the Crown. Those are the big ones, at least that I can think of. Uh, do you know Necropanther is? They're kind of big. Yeah, I do. They're they're putting out a new one too. Um, fun. Yeah, and honestly, there's not much else, which kind of sucks. Um, Stort Rang is out this week too. That one's kind of been hyped up for a while. I mean, Shushu just got announced, right? Yeah, Shushu got announced, but I don't. Saint Vincent dropped a new track for her new album. Yep. Is yep, it just, yep, yep. Yeah, I don't know. Annie Clark's a very talented person, but is it just me or like does do all of her interviews just kind of come across as like pointlessly snarky and elitist? Oh no, they do. <laughs> like well, I, I like Saint Vincent. Don't get me wrong, but I like just seems like she's kind of hard to deal with in a lot of cases. I don't know. She could be. Who knows? I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to, to levy any allegations. I've just. I was like reading her press release for the new record because we got sent it to the radio station. Right. And it was like so, like in your face, like. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, do you it's... know what we can talk about next week? What? The Grammys. The Grammys are this weekend, Adam. Oh my God. That's a travesty. <laughs> get, get your get your noose ready, dude. Oh. You're ready to see who Phoebe the fuck Bridgers is sweep everything because she's an attractive twenty-something white woman. She's by though. Yeah, um, look, I love Phoebe Bridgers. Don't get me wrong, but like I was reading like an analysis of it, and like basically she's gonna this year she's gonna be like the Billie Eilish. Who, who, who? Okay, all right. We have Poppy. Oh my god! Yeah, aren't th- is, isn't this they year, like, suck? Really bad? Wait, send it to me real quick. No, I'm just going to read it to you. In this moment, The In-Between, Blood Money by Poppy. Great song. Yeah. Wait, don't Code Orange up there? Uh, Yeah, underneath Code Orange. A live version of Executioner X! Not even. I am actually up in arms about that. Well, dude, I'm sorry. I don't Riley, give a sh- I don't give a shit. There's so much music that came out last year that is amazing, even in the mainstream. That pisses yeah, look, me I off. Agree. Didn't they win a Grammy in 2017? No. Okay. Regardless, they should have. But yeah, no. Fuck that. There's so much better music than you need to stick a live fucking recording in one that tenacious category. D, one with a live version yeah like over like dio or something i i i i can't stand that i'm sorry but 
I understand that, like, you want to pay your respects to Riley and the Power Trip family, but, like, that that's not the way to do it, man. At least, that's not the way I think you should do it. And the other nomination is uh, Bum Rush by Body Count. Another great track. What about, aren't, like, the Rock Album noms really bad, too? Let's take a look. I think Coldplay's, like, triple album that no one remembers is there. <laughs> Hold on, let's take a look. Let's take a look. Uh, Fiona Apple, Phoebe. Wait, hold on. Yeah, wait. Wait a minute. Grammy Awards. Wait, why? This is weird. Yeah, best rock performance. Fiona Apple, Big Thief, Phoebe Bridgers, Haim, Brittany Howard, and Grace Potter. There. Probably Fiona Apple. Yeah, probably Fiona Apple. Well, I don't know. Phoebe might... You said it. Phoebe might sweep. There she also, is. She's totally sweet. Also, Shamika is not a rock track. I hate to tell you. I like... I like Fetch the Bolt Cutters. But that is the wrong <laughs> song to choose Sir, for... We have a that, simp here. I, I, <laughs> no comment. Uh, I don't know. simp. The Grammys suck as an organization, A, and B... Um, I don't know. They always all the nominations like ninety. Oh, dude, this is gonna be so stuff. fun to like shit on afterwards. Yeah, no, a best rock album: Fontaine's DC, Michael oh, okay. Kwanika, Grace Potter, Sergio Simpsons, and The Strokes. Well, The Strokes should win because um, I I just like I don't want anyone else to win. Yeah, no, I feel like The Strokes should win that one. Oh, this is uh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a fun one. Wait, dude, will Jesse Volume Three <laughs> come in with the clutch? I, I just, I wish, I wish there was just, I don't know. I wish that they had him. Who's picking these albums? Who, who picked those metal albums this year? It's who like it? a committee of like eight hundred boomers. No, I know it is, but like. I understand if you don't have Kralis in your fucking Grammy Awards. That's fine. I understand. I can get why you don't want Kralis to be performing at the Grammy Awards. I get it. <laughs> but, like, you know what? <laughs> it's hey, like, just... Dude, a few years ago, we had, like, Meshuga, Gojira, yeah. Periphery. Even like... that. That's so much better. Oh, man. It just oh, it drives me nuts watching, looking at this stuff, dude. Yeah, uh, I, don't know. I, I feel like the Grammys are approaching dead meme status. So they are, dude. Maybe like dead meme status. I don't know. We need like an app. Like last year, Tyler had an amazing like incendiary performance. Yes. A few years ago, Kendrick had like the best Grammy performance ever. Like if we see like one of those like provocateur like avant garde performers like Phoebe. Really nailing something. Yeah, like you better show of, up. Like you better show like, up, Phoebe. <laughs> like if no. if we see one of those, like that'd be great. Yeah. No. Um. Hopefully we can have that. But, but uh, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Where's my Opeth Grammy? <laughs> where's the Opeth Grammy? Have they won a Grammys? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not sure, though. Opeth Grammys. Grammys. Yeah, no, they did. Oh, they did? For what? Yeah, they, they won Hard Rock Metal for Deliverance, and they've been nominated... Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Interesting. Deliverance? Yeah. Weird. And not 
Uh, black water park or ghost strawberries or any of that. Adam, I'm telling you, you're going to listen to Deliverance this week and you're going to be like, oh my god. I probably will be, and you're right, but I mean, at the same time, that's not the album when I think of Opeth of being like the pinnacle of their music. Uh, sir, we have a pleb alert. I am a pleb. I am an Opeth pleb. That is part of the reason we're, we're slowly doing this. changing that. We are changing. We're. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a pleb anymore. I, I, I'm in now. Still, never listened to any of their rock albums. Yeah, not yet, but we're getting there. Hey, you. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? This has been going. Um, this has been going long. <laughs> oh, this is a long one. Um, we're a clip. We're almost at two hours. Uh, no, I don't know, man. Um, I guess we'll be talking about the Grammys and the winners. Uh, next time on the show. That's going to be a fun-filled episode full of positivity and uh, support for the artists involved. Um, <laughs> when in doubt, uh, the Grammys will mess it up. Yeah. So what Dave Mustaine won over, like, Gojira, Meshuggah, and Code Orange? Yep. And, no, Dystopia! and Baroness, dude, and Baroness. Yeah, I remember. Wow. Yeah, I remember. No! That was... No! Wait. Purple won a Grammy. No, it didn't. Yes, it did. No way. Purple is a Grammy-winning album. Yes, no it is. No way. Baroness, yes, it is. Yes. Baroness Grammy. Yes. Baroness absolutely has a Grammy. No, they've been nominated once, dude. I told... For Shock did... Me, I have it right here. Dude, I totally thought that. No, thought that me. year was like literally Meshuggah, Gojira, I remember, Baroness, I remember, I remember getting nominated. And Megadeth. And Megadeth won. <laughs> Fuck. Baroness should have won that. Or, dude, I think Meshuggah should have won that. No. It was for I Clockworks. Mean, I mean, alright, alright. Now I gotta go listen to Clockworks and be like, just <laughs> vibrating. This <laughs> man my... playing the Clockworks. That makes yeah. me the uh, cynic. Yeah. No. We... Uh, regardless, fuck the Grammys. Fuck the old heads. We need to usher in a new era of music there needs to be an there needs to be an, a pitchfork music awards dude there needs to be true norwegian black metal absolutely where's mayhem at these grammys dude damon came out dude honestly that album's pretty good Telwalk actually streams his practice routine every day and it's super helpful because <laughs> he's just like all right i will now play a song from damon Face <laughs> God. Face God. Alright, I've been Sam. I'm Adam. And uh, check out next week for Grammy Reviews.